Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. Now, I know that it's been uh, quite some time, but we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a ton of things to cover. A lot's going on in the college sports world. But before we do, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college terms and conditions do apply now folks i know i've been away for quite some time and there needs to be a lot uh a lot of things have happened and a lot of ground needs to get covered from noah rogers uh committing to ohio state all the way up through some things that are going on with conference realignment and so we're going to do a two-parter and in this first part of the episode we're going to talk about uh noah rogers in particular and we'll get into um a look at why I think that this move is going to force um, force the NCAA as well as these conferences to be extremely honest about what's going on here. Like I, we're we're going to have to have that conversation, and we're going to have all that conversation and more on today's episode of Locked On Wolfpack. <laughs> You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, folks, um, when I'm looking at talking about Noah Rogers committing to Ohio State to start this thing off, um, I know that it's it's been a while and all that good stuff, but like I said, there's there's a new there's a move more so towards uh, really good players playing together in a way that we haven't seen in quite some time. And with receiver rooms, I mean, you look at what Alabama has done um, where with all the guys that they had and you look at what rece- what the receiving class out of Ohio State looked like a few years ago. And, you know, you've got combinations like uh, Devontae Smith and, and Mechie and and um, and uh, I'm I'm losing the other guy's name right now, but Jamison Williams came after uh, a little later. But you get the point. Like you, Jalen Waddle as well in there. That's that's the guy I was forgetting. How can I forget him? And you look at Ohio State, and you look at you know um, Alave and and Wilson and Smith and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and and you know uh, Jackson Smith and Jabu and all that good stuff. You see more and more players are realizing that the ability to um the ability to be a in a situation where you're not you're one of many guys you're not the guy is something that a lot of players especially receivers are starting to lean towards and that's why when i saw the other two guys commit to ohio state i was like oh and a lot of people were like oh this bodes well for nc state and i kind of didn't see it because that was a moment where i looked there and i was like "Eh, okay but let me tell you this i've been a 17-year-old committed to a school before and and had everything going according to plan, I would never have been at NC State. I was originally committed to the University of Illinois um, because I played and, and their coach was the defensive line coach from there who recruited me was a Detroit guy. He, uh, he grew up in Detroit and, and I played uh, high school ball with two of his grandkids. Now, this is the part where things get interesting because this is why I ultimately didn't go. What ended up happening 
was his grandkids told me, yeah, you probably shouldn't go there, bro. I said, what? What? That This doesn't make sense. I am confused. Um, what y'all mean? I like him. He's, he's our granddad. He's cool. He's, he's one of us. He's a Detroit. And they tell me, well, he's leaving. He's he's going to the NFL. He's not going to be there. So uh, you might want to look around a little longer. And I said, okay, don't worry about it. I decommitted. And everything worked out the way it did that I came to NC State. And a few years later, we play UNC, we beat UNC, and I had heard that the coach, uh, that the the coach whose grandkids I played with, the guy who I wanted to commit to uh, from the University of Illinois, was now coaching for the University No Consequences. And so after the game, I go up to him and I said, Coach, how you doing, man? It's been a while. And he said, oh, Ken, how you doing? We exchanged exchange pleasantries and all that good stuff. And uh, he asked me, man, well, what, what? I said, I knew you weren't going to stay at, uh, at, at Illinois. He said, oh, man, stop it. Get out of here. How'd you know that? I said, dude, you forgot that I played ball with your grandkids. And so I say all that to say that is my story. But that story and like the the details of like, oh yeah, I play with the grandkids. All sure, that's like very specific to me. The realities of coaching changes and different things happen. People leaving and going and doing and whatever. It's I'm going to tell you this. It is much more common than we believe. It's much more common than we believe. So if you're a person who's like, oh man, we've got no chance uh, of ever getting them now, and you know, he, until a player signs on that dotted line, there's a chance. There's a chance. So don't get too down there. Again, you don't, you never know. You never, you really never know. While everybody likes to pretend that they know and that, oh yeah, this kid is super solid. Or da, 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 da. You literally never know what can happen. You literally have no clue. You never know what could happen and when. So uh, there's that. But now the elephant in the room. Okay. The elephant in the room is conference realignment. Let's just be frank and honest here, right? That's why we're all here. That's what everybody's losing their mind over. And that's where we've got to tackle this thing from a few different angles, okay? We've got to truly get into how this affects the ACC and how this affects NC State as a team. But before that, again, we have to have some very serious talks about the NCAA finally dropping the roots of well, we care about these student-athletes, especially these conferences as well. They got to stop the roots of we care about these com- these players or the the not the conferences, I'm sorry, the athletic directors and the conferences that are getting into these things, they have to drop the roots of we care about these players and, and um, you know, student-athlete welfare and all that good stuff to a high extent. They got to stop it. That this, this should officially mark the end of the pretending. Because at this point, you're saying the quiet part out loud. Putting USC in the big team, okay, puts them in the same conference as Rutgers. Rutgers is as close to USC as they are to, I believe it's either Greenland or Finland. Uh, one One of those two. I can't remember which one. But they're pretty darn far. And now you want me to imagine a world where ever so often those two teams are going to have to play each other because, you know, they're in the same conference and all. And so one team's going to have to fly all the way to the other side of the country, be three hours off their schedule. And that's like part of the deal 
as like a, yeah, that, that could potentially be a yearly thing. Or if you want to say, well, they're going to be part of the Big Ten West or the, the Big Ten is going to separate uh, West and East and they're going to be a part of West. And so, you know, that's that's what it's going to be. Sure, fine. There are still teams that are going to be in the West that are in the Eastern time zone. So although you may not be flying directly that extra hour or so to New Jersey or 30 minutes or however long it takes to get from the more um, the more Western teams that are in the Eastern time zone, you're still going to have a situation where players are going to be expected to do the whole school thing, to do the whole homework thing, to do the whole rehabbing, game prepping, all the things while going across the country multiple times a year at this point in time. Because before, again, colleges could say, well, you know, we're interested in player health and safety, and that's why the conferences are aligned the way they are. It's not a super long travel. And the few teams that do, shame on them. You know, that we wag our finger at those teams that have thousands of miles of travel all across the country. We wag our finger out of West Virginia who had to, who was in the big 12 and had to travel here, there and everywhere with, um, with, with their being in the big 12. But now look, now look in the words of young nudie, mm, 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 look what that money make a person do. He didn't say person, but I can't say the word that he did say. So the reality is again, I, I think it's very interesting that we, we have come to this place where we continue to play this game of everything that the teams do, everything that the schools do, everything that the conferences do is for, um, you know, player welfare and, and student athlete welfare and all that good stuff. And look what you're doing. Look what you're doing. And we can all pretend, oh, it's okay because they got private charters and, you know, the tutors can travel with them and all that good stuff. Sure. But if the tutors travel with, if the tutors travel with them and they have the private flight and all that good stuff and they stay on top of the school uh, work and all that good stuff. Sure. We can, we can pretend like that's a thing, but then again, but still we're still looking at a situation where two teams are going to be flying across the country by themselves, because at the moment, no other PAC 10 teams have committed to doing so. So we can say those two are going to play every year. Great. You've got one conference game off there. Now the rest do the rest, go for it. Come on, talk to me. Exactly. You're going to have a, a, a good amount of games where teams are flying back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And this is not just a, a situation where, um, again, it's not about the miles logged. It's not about the hours they're going to be in the air. It's simply about the fact that they're going to have to be removed from classes and all that a little longer. Like that's probably going to be a reality of this. And even if you say that's not going to be a reality of this, you're still looking at a situation where you are putting, except for the sports like gymnastics, like track, where you already had like big, big meets, where it's rally relays and all that good type of stuff. You're looking at a, a situation where you're making it very clear. Life is going to get more difficult for those players. Like it's, it's going to get a little more difficult. Congratulations. Suck it up. Tough titty said the kitty. And why? Because of money. Because of money. So, I mean, again, let's. At this point, let's stop the roofs, right? Let's let's knock it off. Let's cut it off. We got to pay some bills real quick. So let's go ahead and talk about LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview 
faster and for free. So with that being said, uh, they create, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I said million with an M there, folks. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn number one in delivering LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So now the the part there is part of this conversation that needs to be had in depth as far as um, as far as what does it look like for what does it look like for the ACC? Okay, and we're going to talk about how it affects NC State specific specifically in the next part of this two parter. But when we talk about how this affects the ACC. One question I'm hearing a lot is what can the ACC do to keep up? What can the ACC do to keep up? There is a thing that I I need people to understand here. There is no keeping up. The ACC is already left behind. But, But here's the thing about that. There is no need to be gloom and doom for the immediate future of the next two to three years. Like there's no need to be gloom and doom about that. Because all of the teams are locked up into long-term deals for now. And any team that gets wants to get out of that deal, they're going to have to pay a lot of money. And the main teams that could do that, I most of them are not in a position to do so. Most of them just are not. So there's, there's a situation there. And when we talk about these teams, first of all, let's say this. All of these teams have wonderful, um, wonderful athletic programs. Sure. As far as the four teams that are, you know, the 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 crux or the beginning or the first dominoes to fall in this shakeup, Oklahoma, Texas, UCLA, USC, all have wonderful storied programs, right? Texas A&M as well. You can throw them in there as the first domino to fail. That I guess nobody really paid attention to. You can throw them in there as well. All five of those programs have absolutely, you know, amazing things going for them in many regards. However. In on college campuses, um, we say this, and I think that we in the media should uh, be very, very diligent about saying this as well. The revenue generating sports are what carry the water. Like that's that's the reality, right? The revenue generating sports, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to talk about it or not, kind of carry the rest in the vast majority of, of programs. So. With that being said, the sports that generate revenue are going to be the drivers of these types of moves because, again, that's that's the draw. That's You need to get the teams. You need to get teams who have huge followings, teams who have their own network, Longhorn Network and all that good stuff uh, going. So the ACC cannot really meaningfully compete right now with what – We've seen out of SEC and the Big Ten. That's just the reality. That's just the reality. However, they are in a position where, like, the old phrase says, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. 
Like that's that's something that we hear a lot in sports. That's kind of where the ACC is because the ACC isn't going to lose any teams. I don't think. I don't think they're going to lose any teams in the next few years. In the next few years. Now, as we get towards the end of this long contract that all the teams signed, and as their buyouts get smaller and smaller, because you all we all know how contracts go. As you get closer to the end, the buyouts generally get smaller. As we go towards that point, sure, not only are we in danger, I predict that multiple teams will leave, but I believe right now um, Swafford has them locked up or, or whoever. Yeah, Swafford or Phillips has them locked up for the next six, seven years, something like that. So, again, I think for now the ACC is not going to lose anybody, but they're also not in position to acquire any big players. Like the, the ACC is not – in a position uh, to acquire any any really big players. And so that's just the reality. That's just the reality. And when you look at the ACC, you talk about which teams could go. Well, if I'm looking at which teams could go and I look at how um, the first five teams that went got up out of there, you have to understand something. Other than Oklahoma, none of those teams, not a single one, I guess, you know what, USC won – yeah, USC won a, a title, um, conference championship in 2017. None of the other teams have a, a football, comp, again, besides Oklahoma and USC. So 40% of the five have a conference championship within the last, let me guess, let me, let me see here, 15 years, 10, 10, 15 years? Like, that's just the reality. No, Texas won one in 09 when Colt McCoy was there. So in the last 10 years, there's only two teams out of this group that's won a conference championship. That's the reality. That's that's what we're looking at. It's not about winning. It's about the big draws. It's about the big numbers. It's about the big money. And the big money team in in, um, the ACC, whether people want to talk about them or not, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, is Florida State. And uh, Florida State is in a position where, I mean, they've fallen on some hard times lately. But again, I don't think with what they have going on as far as paying out coaches that are no longer there and in a position where they, Norvell is looking like he may not be the guy, but even though he's not the guy, you can't fire him out because then you could be potentially paying three coaches. They're not in a position financially to pay out, to potentially pay out three coaches and leave or Pay out one coach who is no longer there. Uh, keep a coach that is not very competent, not very good at his job there, and pay off an uh, early exit fee uh, to to the ACC. And even if the the only way that I could possibly see that working is if the new conference um, agrees to absorb that. Which again, I mean, the SEC could they could possibly do it. But why would they do that now as opposed to, like, just waiting a couple years? Because you know, you know that, like, let's be realistic. Florida State ain't going to the Big Ten. That's just – that would just feel wrong on every level. And beyond feeling wrong, it kind of is one of those things where you're just like, I mean, yes, USC and UCLA agreed to do it, but would anybody else travel that far across the country on a regular basis – when you know that that's going to hurt your school and recruiting because you're not going to be able 
to recruit one of the biggest hotbeds of talent in terms of Florida because you know, oh, yeah, you're going to play um, a little over half your games here, but your family won't be able to come to like six or seven of them a year. So congratulations, buddy. No, that's not going to work out as opposed to you joining the SEC where now because you're in that conference, your family gets to still come to as many games, if not more games than they did when, you're, uh, when you were in the ACC. So for now, for now, I believe the ACC is safe, but naturally going to take a step back in terms of you've already been left behind in some key ways. That's just my belief. That's just where I'm at with it. And again, I'm I if I were a betting man, I would bet that nobody leaves the ACC for the next two to three years. I think everybody stays put for the next two to three. I think years four and beyond, a little bit more of a toss up. But now, if you're a better, go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's uh, playoffs and and you know new odds coming in all these seasons. As we're just now getting out of offseason, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sporting events. So head to the website today and learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we're about to land this thing, but I hope that I've made it um, abundantly clear that, you know, the Noah Rodgers situation, again, in the future, in the future, because I know this is like, I'm not going to say this is uncharted territory for NC State, because we've, we've been in, in talks to get really big time players before. But please understand, especially for wide receivers right now, there is a wave to like play with other really great wide receivers. And while I think that NC State has a really good receiving core, it is never going to be, or let me say this, every player is different, but in general, we have seen a wave of receivers wanting to be a guy in the group as opposed to the guy of the group. That's just, that's just the reality. That's just the reality of what we've seen. It's the new way of the world. So, you know, let's get, let's get ready for that. And again, conference realignment is here. It's happening. It's already moving. I don't think that the ACC is in danger of losing teams. I Right now, again, not, not in danger of losing teams right now, in the very immediate future. Now, beyond the immediate future, who knows how the chips could fall, how things could land. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I know. But in this next episode, we're going to cover how these, uh, how these things impact NC State. So stick with us as we bring you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. Are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 